I'm milling about with Tova Felchu, and she is starring in a fabulous new one-woman show about to go to 54 Below. Welcome. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here. Now, you've had so many incarnations of one-woman shows, so let's go back to the beginning and then circle back to uh, this new one. My first one-woman show was with Jack O'Brien directing me at San Diego at the National Shakespeare Festival. I was doing Romeo and Juliet and Two Gentlemen of Verona, and to help the theater raise money, we did Tova, a Rush Hour review, and it was on from 6 to 7 for two or three weeks at the Old Globe before I would go on as... Juliet or Two Gents, and it was the thrill of my life, first of all, just to be under the tutelage and the baton of Jack O'Brien. And that show became Tova, a one-women show that then went to the Geffen in Los Angeles, and then that transmogrified into Tova, Out of Her Mind, and that had a 16-week run off-Broadway here in 1996, that's what I remember. And then, of, of course, I played Feinstein's on Park Avenue and the, the Algonquin. I had Tova Party of Ten, Tova Crossover from Broadway to Cabaret. That was my first one in New York, Tova Crossover from Broadway to Cabaret. Wally Harper was a musical supervisor. Michael Kosrin, who now is one of the biggest conductors for Disney, was my was my MD. He was p- my pianist. It was really wild. Tommy Walsh, may he rest in peace, was a choreographer. And we did, we did great. I did different characters who sing from 8 to 80, comic and dramatic. And then 14 months ago, my beloved mother, Lillian, passed away at over 103. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good for you. Yeah, and she had all her marbles. And in honor of that event in my life and in the life of our family, I wrote, Aging is Optional, because God, I hope it is. Because she was really a beacon of light and died you know, well over a century old, again, without dementia, and, of course, without Alzheimer's, so it was just a miracle. She died of a cerebral hemorrhage. She had a very beautiful life and a very clean death. She died of one thing. You know. Oh, how lucky you are. So, yeah, I mean, this business just keeps us going. Don't you agree? It's wonderful to be a storyteller, and it's wonderful to be a storyteller in the city of my birth, and it's wonderful to be uh, still in the game. And uh, to do aging is optional because God, I hope it is, runs very deep in me. I mean, it's funny because I love a good laugh. But basically, it deals with quantum time, that we're not going to deal with our lives in terms of chronology and how many years we've been on the planet. We're going to deal with time in our daily lives through what I call the memory box, that you have something. When you walked in, you said, you know me. My husband was a co-pro on... Pippin. So we immediately go back two and a half years to that space, two and a half years ago, that cellular feeling. So when I auditioned for Barry for Pippin, he said, why don't you come down to the theater and play on the trapeze? You want to see if trapeze is part of your world. So I, I biked down to the music box theater and I walked through the stage door and I'm immediately hoisted at least 30 feet in the air. No net, no mat, no insurance. And Barry, I'm hanging from the rafters and he yells up to me, Tova, are you scared, 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 scared? And I realize... No. Are you, you were in good hands. You, right. Are you, you, you? The reason I wasn't scared really primarily is because I had a swing set as a three-year-old child in Scarsdale in the backyard, and it had two swings and a what? A metal bar by two chains, hanging, hanging by two chains. It had a little trapeze, and I would hang upside down as a three-, four-, five-, and six-year-old in my brother's brown shorts in the summer and in my snowsuit in the winter because the metal bar was cold against the back of my knees. So I went back to that space. 
You came full circle. That's right. So I went from 60 to three years old and occupied my three-year-old feelings as I did this marvelous um, full-out trapezoc with a plank. And, of course, my, my body became... Yes, your body is gorgeous I still. Look at those muscles. I still have the Pippin figure. So I felt that Barry was paying me to stay fit and get as beautiful as I possibly could and as youthful. And you know, they say every pound is four pounds off on your knees. So the difference between 118, which is my marriage weight, and 112, which is my performance weight for Barry, was still pretty good. I felt like I was like in seventh grade. That was when I weighed like in seventh, eighth grade. So um, I'm just performing. Aging is optional because God, I hope it is. And I'm on my way down. I'm 116 today and I will be 113, 112 by Sunday. So what's your regimen? What are you doing, Cher? Um... I swim every day a half mile, and I bike to that pool and bike back. And then I have a wonderful um, private Pilates teacher named Pamela Beckerman. I think she teaches one class a week public. Private being the optional word, because a lot of people don't love the gym. Don't you agree? I just, uh, to me, time is of such a premium, particularly with the passing of my parents. So my bo- both my parents are gone, and this is it. I hope to live to 104, which gives me... Uh, a good deal of time, but two thirds of my life is has been lived, even with the hundredth and fourness. So I just um, want people to come to my home because it saves my time, and my time to me is very, very precious. Which brings me to The Walking Dead. The one thing I said to Scott Gimple when he offered me the job of playing Deanna Monroe, and you know we're having our premiere this Friday night at Madison Square Garden. I was the first person to interview Norman Reedus back in the day. And I said to him, you are going to be so famous. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And now here he is. He's an idol and such a nice man. Andy Lincoln is... I love Andy, too. Oh, my God. He's ridiculous. He's so kind. And he sets the tenor for the whole set, the whole artistic tenor for his uh, uh, his band of, of acting pirates, all of us. We're just honored to be with him. He's so kind. People are... They, they pick kind people. And if they don't pick kind people, they pick people who are interested in becoming kind. So it's very, very, it's a very loving set. Nobody wants to leave The Walking Dead. You know, everybody comes on The Walking Dead to die, ultimately. Even the kingpins, eventually. One day this series may fold. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, God knows Law and Order went on for 18 years. Here's a little tidbit. Uh, We know... Sonora, Georgia, very well. We know the people who are producing The Walking Dead. We are there. We were there. They said it's going to last until 2019. They signed the contract till then. Oh, my God. Are you going to be in it for that long? Certainly hope so. I don't want the call. And then if I get the call, I would like at least 12 flashbacks. (laughs) How do you like that town? It's such a... It, I mean, it boosted, the show boosted that town. I thought the town was the set. That town looked, um, forgive me now, artificial to me. It was so perfect. It was, I thought it was a set. Then I realized the set was Alexandria, where I get to the honor of being the head of that community. I, I love that town. I mean, I, I live very close to the set. I don't live in Atlanta. And the younger actor said, how could you not want to live in Atlanta? Why would you want to live so isolated? I have an apartment in New York City, and I have a house in Quag. Thank you. I'm done. 
I live at a hotel when I film, and I, I love the maid service and love the room service and love their 50-foot pool where nobody's ever there. I feel like a billionaire, and it's a quiet hotel, and they give me a bike for free, and I get to bike everywhere. So I love Sonoya, Georgia. I love Peachtree City. It's marvelous. Isn't it just great? Have you been to the museum there? Have you stopped in and freaked people out? And made an appearance. Which museum? The Peachtree City Museum? The one in Sonoy. It's like sort of on the corner there. It's the Walking Dead Museum. Oh, no. I haven't been to the Walking Dead Museum. I go to the museums in Atlanta, the the uh, uh, Martin Luther King Museum, the Great uh, Art Museum, uh, the Alliance Theater, um, things like that. I haven't gone to their Coca-Cola thing, and I've gone to Savannah and, of course, to Warm Springs, to the Roosevelt Southern White House. That was a fabulous trip. I actually, on the way riding there, I actually did have fried green tomatoes. They fry everything. I, I saw fried cheesecake on one of their menus. Anyway, I love doing The Walking Dead, and I love when my mother, when my father passed away 19 years ago, I said, please make me a friend of death. Let me learn about death. Let's not put death way, way, way over in Montana the way Americans like to do it because they love new and they are frightened of death, and death is somewhere out there, over there, don't show me. I said, let me understand this, because this is as natural to life as being as birth is. We're all going to one day die. So I studied death and how it's dealt with in New Orleans. I went to Africa, and death is right in, inside. It's at their chest. It's very For this role, did you do that? Not at all. And then, as karma would have it, The Walking Dead fell on my head, which was a great gift from Scott Gimple and the people at AMC. And then death in The Walking Dead is like past the butter. It's the most common. It's like right, it's like right on your pinky finger. It's a ring. It's one of the rings you wear, and you hope not to wear the ring around your neck, just around a finger. So, And then when my mother died, I didn't divorce myself from her process. She slowly unraveled over eight and a half years. It was fantastic. It was a caterpillar death. And then one night she had a cerebral hemorrhage. And then I held her in my arms on June 23rd at 1.36 in the morning. And she died on an inhale, and I saw all the blood go out of her face, and she became yellow ivory. And it was absolutely miraculous. And what it taught me is that we do not have to assign grief, grief to death. Of course you have grief. You miss people. It's not, I don't find it difficult to witness the death of a person. At least I've only witnessed one, but my mom's. What the problem is, is living the next 40 years without that person. That, that's where, but then you can, you can realize that their memory disseminates and in many ways becomes more powerful outside of their body than in. There are many ways to cope with it. Happiness is a choice, and death is something that is not unfamiliar to me now. I am not frightened of it. I just would like a clean one from one reason, for one reason in, in at least 40 years, and I want to die with young eyes. That's why I wrote Aging is Optional, because God, I hope it is. That's why I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro this year, and I did train. I was busy with an oxygen deprivation mask, oxygen deprivation mask in various buildings in this city, climbing first 10 flights, 20 flights, 30, and eventually 43 flights a day, just climbing. And the way you get to the top floor from the lobby of, four, of a 43-foot 44, whatever it is. I'm, I'm now on a juice cleanse, so I'm probably losing my entire mind. I go do dove out of her mind, literally. The way you get there is one step at a time, and you don't look at the floor you're at. You look at your feet, and you just go step, step, step. Likewise, when you're singing, oh, it's time to start living. Time to take a little from this world you're given. You're not 
you're not at the next phrase. You're right here with you, singing to you in this second and connecting. So I love life, and I want to be in the parade, as Dolly Levi would say, as long as possible. Now, you mentioned um, also before about young eyes. I'm looking at your eyes. Are these your eyes? Eyes. They're my eyes. I mean, I have contacts in, but I've been wearing them for years. And these are the eyes that I do my work in. And they're, they're beautiful blue. I've never. I want them. Thank you. <laughs> you can have some of them. <laughs> I have good eyes to begin with, but yes, these are my contact lenses, and I. I uh, this is how I work, and I get. I thank God I'm still in the game and get work with these eyes. So I'm very, very happy. Let's sing these eyes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So I have a feeling that if you were left to be in the apocalypse, you would survive us all. I hope so. I don't want to leave anybody behind. Somebody, I was at Marvel Comics, and they said, what, would, what trait would you like to have if you had any superpower trait? And I'd say, I said, invincible. I would like to not be able to be killed. That's all. Do you also believe in ghosts and in spirits? Do you feel like your mom's here with you all the time? Well, I had two after-death experiences with my dad, and I read about cases, uh, 200 cases of after-death experiences with people you love, that sometimes there's a message given through the messenger that can receive it, and it's privileged information. My father had butter pecan ice cream till he was 76 years old. He had it every day. He then had atrial fib, and he had to get off alcohol, caffeine, and he switched to non-fat chocolate yogurt. And he promised he would live to 86, and he died May the 11th, 1996, and he was one, about eight weeks short of 86. And on August 1st, which was his 86th birthday, I was at a home watching the Atlanta Olympics. We're watching on TV, and as the clock struck 12, I said, I think I'm going to celebrate my father's birthday. And we were guests in a home, and it was the rabbi of, of the West Hampton Synagogue. And I went into his freezer and said, do you mind if I look for some ice cream? He said, no problem. I said, oh, you have my father's favorite ice cream. It's butter pecan ice cream. And the rabbi said, we don't, take, we don't buy that ice cream. That ice cream isn't whatever kosher or appropriate for us. We don't buy it. I said, don't be ridiculous. And we went to the Polish maid, who was not Jewish. I don't buy the ice cream. And we opened the ice cream, and there was a scoop out of the thing. One scoop gone. One scoop gone. <gasps> so to me, that was a, that was a big one. Oh, yeah, that is huge. That was a big one. So I haven't asked for signs from my mother I visit her every day at the sea. When I'm in the Hamptons, I go to the sea, and that's where I talk to her because she's so mighty and was authoritative and wise and deep and powerful. Um, but I was with her for so long, and she's with me all the time, so I don't know if I'll get a sign. But what I do know is that Martha, my sister-in-law, got the pearls because I already have pearls from my husband, Andrew. So there were three strands, and I'm giving one to Hannah Felchew, one to your daughter, Amanda Levy, and to Martha because she's such a good daughter-in-law. I hope you don't mind, Tova. You can have the diamonds. So that's what I do know about my mother. That's your mother right there. My mother, Tova, I read your parts by how you look. Dolly Levi was a 10. Golda Meir, zero. <laughs> Uh, this is all discussed in the act. I play a three-year-old. I play a retired doorman. I play uh, my mother. I play a grandmother. I play um, a, a, boy, a girl boy, a, boy with, a girl who was a tomboy. I won't forget when Peter Pan came to my house, shook my hand. I said I was a boy. I'm glad he didn't check. 
That's so great. Oh, well, I look forward to seeing Aging is Optional. It sounds fabulous. Please come October 11th at 7, October 13th at 7, October 17th at 7, and Sunday, October 18th at 3, a 3 p.m. matinee. Those who saw me in Golda's Balcony, if you'd like to be up close and personal, at a very convenient hour, you can come at 3 o'clock. Also, on October 11th, my theme song is Spend the Night with Tova. You can watch Aging is Optional, because God, I hope it is, from 7 to 8.05, and then you can get home to watch Season 6, Episode 1 of The Walking Dead, if you so choose. Beautiful! All in one fell swoop! (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I hope so. I'm really looking forward to sharing um, this part of my, my life with, with, with the New York that I love. That I've been, been on your stages since 1973. Tova Felchu, it's such a pleasure to be with you and many, many, many more. I hope we do this again soon. Thank you. I hope so, too. I hope so. I've got two other series. We can discuss them later. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. To you. To you.